Today, we are dispelling credit myths. All right, Sienna, I appreciate you being here to help us sort through what is true and what are myths about credit, because we hear things a lot. We do. Okay. So the first thing that I always hear, I will talk to somebody who's interested in buying a house. And after we chat for a couple minutes, I'm like, well, next step, we got to talk to a loan officer. First thing they usually tell me is, I don't want to pull my credit. That's It's going to drop my credit. I don't want to do it. Can you tell us, it does, is that true? What happens? How does that work? So a hard inquiry does impact your credit score. Um, it's typically between 5 to 10 points that it does impact your credit. Now, you have a window to, like, shop different mortgage lenders, um, and it's about somewhere between, like, 14 to 45 days in that window. You're not going to get multiple hard inquiry hits. Um, but there's also a soft inquiry. And so a soft inquiry is not going to impact your FICO score. And that's how I start all of my applications is with a soft inquiry. That way, if we have, whether we have credit work to do or we have premium credit, I'm not impacting their score one way or the other because they may be three months out. They may be six months out. And um, I don't want to give them that extra hit that it takes. So that's kind of our way to solve for that. I don't want my credit to take a hit for doing a credit pull is we are offering that soft credit inquiry. And that just doesn't show up at all. It doesn't impact your scores. It does give me all of the information that I need to evaluate your credit and see what's on there along with credit scores. It allows me to simulate. It's basically the same thing. I just can't underwrite with it. So once we get into contract, then we'll do that hard inquiry. Um, some loans require a hard inquiry up front. So I will always have that conversation with my borrowers before flipping it to a hard inquiry. Um, but there's really no harm in doing it because we have to know that mm -hmm. and we have to see it in order to determine where we're going from here. So if you have tougher credit or you've been working really hard on your credit and you don't want that inquiry to, to give you a hit, um, let me still take a look at it with a soft increase so we can figure out what we need to do and how to make sure our hard inquiry is going to be where we need it to be. Okay, that makes sense. So it sounds like it's a great option. It lets somebody have the conversation about, hey, I know I want to buy a house sometime soon. I don't know when. What is this going to look like? Because I know I will get people, you know, whether it be in an open house or a phone call, and they'll, you know, first question out of their mouth, well, what's the payment like on this? And I'm like, I, I don't know. What, what's your credit score? How much are you putting down? Right. Like, what interest rate can you qualify for? What loan type are you going to use? Like, there's so many questions. So many factors. Yeah. And we need a lot of the information on that credit report to get you some estimates, to get you some ideas. To even understand how much you qualify for. All of it really, I mean, it starts with credit. What's your credit like? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So great myth to dispel here. We definitely don't have to worry about getting hit on our credit by just having a conversation with a loan officer and letting them take a look at our credit history to offer some advice pointers and things like that. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so let's say they do let you move forward and do that soft credit pull. They want to have a conversation and you find out they have a bad credit score. First of all, let's define like what is bad? You know, sometimes the 
credit score, that's a hard thing. I don't know that I want to put... You don't want to put a number on that? I don't know that I want to put a number on that because it it may not be the end-all be-all, right? There are options for people with low credit. I've done mortgages for people in the 500s. Um, It's really going to come down to recent history, what work they've done to show that they have a good payment history, at least in the last 12 months. And it may also come along with a big down payment. Um, I would say, ideally, mm-hmm. I want my borrowers to have a 640 minimum middle FICO score. And when I say middle, it's because we're pulling from all three bureaus. And so each bureau scores a little bit differently, and they most likely will not have the same credit scores. So when we're qualifying, we take the middle score not as an average, but just as a middle ground um, as far as qualifying. Okay. So while I, I understand what you're saying, you don't want to say bad credit. There could be you know, a reason for the lower score. It can be something that could be sorted out. But in order to like walk in and be like, I love this house. I want some options to buy it tomorrow. You're probably going to need around a 640 to be able to to do something like that and jump right away. That's true. Okay. Well, and I say 640 mostly because um, I, that's kind of like the the threshold where you have to have a 640 to qualify for most down payment assistance programs. So if we're under 640 and there's no money saved for down payment, then there's really no potential to buy, at least until we get you up to these minimum credit scores to where these programs can come into play. Okay. So lower than 640, if you have money that you've saved or somebody has given you money or something like that, definitely some options to work with there. Okay. And I wouldn't say just because you're under 640, don't try to see how to qualify for a house because I can help you get your score where it needs to go. I think the biggest thing that I would like to dispel is doing your own credit repair. Like you don't know what you're doing. And That's why we're kind of going through these myths because there's so many things that buyers are like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. And it's not actually helping and not improving. It could maybe even be harming. Perfect. That's where I kind of wanted to go from here. So let's say you're like, oh, I know I should really have at least a 640. Mine's a 590 right now. It's going to take me forever. It's going to cost me so much money. There's no way. I feel like a lot of people get kind of defeated before they even begin Because number one, they think it's going to cost them money because they always see, you know, ads for, you know, we can help improve your credit. It's only going to cost, you know, X number of dollars a month plus. Just talk to me first. Talk to me first because a lot of those ads are scary. Okay. So working with a really good loan officer, Mm -hmm. either they or somebody on their team will be able to help guide you with steps to take and what to do. The other thing I hear a lot is this is going to take forever. It's going to take me like over a year. There's no point. And again, I feel like a lot of times people see it as this really long-term thing and they just get defeated before they even begin. Does it take a really long time to do? It, it all depends. It depends on the credit report. It depends on the, the rating, what kind of things are on there. Um, some things are harder, like if there's late pays, collections, charged off, things like that that may take – more time or more work to get those things removed or get them to season off. 
Um, if there's, did I say late pays? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so those derogatory things are going to take a little bit longer. Maybe someone has um, a lot of collection accounts and <laughs> that's one thing that's always, uh, I think people assume that they have to get all of those paid off. And the funny thing is, is paying them off sometimes hurts your credit more than leaving the collection account as it is. So that's something that, again, you want to talk to a loan officer instead of doing it yourself or thinking that you have to be at a certain place, because what you may think it takes to get there is not actually going to get there and may take you longer because mm -hmm. of those things that happen. Like, well, I want to pay all of my debts off first or whatever it is, it may not be the best option. Um, I have a client who came to me and she was like, I'm going to take $20,000. I have all this debt I want to pay off um, so that I can qualify. And when I got through it, I was like, listen, you qualify now. So let's put that $20,000 into your house and then we can see what we need. If we're going to use down payment assistance, how much of that do you have left over? And then we can target how you pay your things down. But let's get you into a house first so that you don't have to lose that money and then get set back again. Exactly. I think that's what I have learned the most um, in my years of, of working as a real estate agent. What you think will be helpful a lot of times isn't. And it may be what makes the most logical sense, but... I think credit logical. isn't logical. <laughs> yeah. So talking to a loan officer, um, letting them take a look and figure out where is the best place to put your money uh, is definitely would be would be my first step. Uh, and then again, a loan officer is not you're not going to be paying for these big programs for them to do all this stuff. You'll need to follow steps. But my favorite example is uh, there was a couple we worked on together. At first, they couldn't really qualify for much. Sienna was able to take a look at everything and be like, hey, if you do X, Y, and Z and we wait six months, then we can qualify you for – it was almost double. And they were actually able to buy a house that they love. They were – they'd had to be patient for – it was about six months. They did it though and I think, you know, if we could have them in here today, I'm pretty sure they'd say they were much happier where they are now versus where they thought they would for be. For sure. Absolutely. And it was a lot less work than what they expected to have to do. Right. Which is nice too. And I like that you bring up the, you know, I don't have to pay off everything because I think that's another misconception. I hear people, you know, all the time, they're like, well, I got to pay down some things first. All the time. Yeah. All the time. That's like the first thing out of their mouth. Well, I can't, I can't apply yet because I got to pay some things down first. And it's like, let me tell you what you need to pay down because you may not need to pay down as much as you think. Right. And, and it may hurt. That is the part that surprised me, is realizing that sometimes paying something off could hurt. Closing, I actually asked you the other day, I was like, I've got this account. I never use it. I was just going to close it. And your advice was? Leave it open. Leave it open. Just let it sit there. Kind of the, I guess maybe the OCD in me cringes a little bit. However, my credit score is happy. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, leave it open. Because credit history, it's or credit score is derived... A, a big part in how old your credit is and what that history looks like. So if you close a line of credit that makes your credit history 15 years and then you close it and now all of a sudden your credit history is only three years long because that was your oldest line of credit, then you've lost points doing that. Okay. So definitely talking and figuring out, and it's going to be different for each person. So different for each person. Okay. So 
then I hear too, and this I think maybe is a like old school. I, I remember my parents saying that you know, you always want to carry a small balance on your credit card. You want to show them that you can leave it there. You can work on paying it down. Is that true? Yes, and um, it's not necessarily that you have to carry a small balance, but the idea is that you're making a payment every month. So if you're carrying a balance, then you're making a payment, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's really what's going to build that history and give you the points that you need is having a monthly payment that's made. So I do use the words like carry a small $10 balance, but what I mean by that is just don't overspend. Like, Mm Spend 10 to $30, go to the gas station, buy whatever snacks you want for whatever you're doing. That's what you use on your card. Pay it off, use it again, pay it off, use it again. Um, so it may not necessarily be carrying that small balance, but definitely having that payment history and continuing to grow that history on your credit. Okay, so showing that you can spend the money, be responsible, that you're, you're paying back your debts yes. is what helps to improve your credit score. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. We are also realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. Sienna, before we let you go here today, one thing I kind of want to circle back to, you talked about collections. So let's say somebody listening to us today, it's like, oh, you know, I've, I've got collections. You know, maybe they had a bad, you know, year or something like that. A few things ended up in collections. They're working through to get it paid off. They don't know what to do. What would your advice be? So my advice is, one, let's do a soft pull. Let me see where you're at. Let me see how paying off that item impacts you. Let me see how paying off deleted impacts you because that's probably going to help um, much more so than just paying it off to zero. And most of the time with collection companies, they once it's already there, they're willing to settle. They want to take whatever money they can get from you and they want to close it off or close it up, close that book out. Um, so most of the time you can negotiate with these companies and you can ask them to settle for a specific dollar amount What I tell my clients is however much you're willing to pay to close this out, whether that's $300 or whatever it is, say, I'll pay you this $300 today if you agree to delete this from my credit history. So I need you to send to the bureaus and I need you to remove this this item from my credit history. And if they agree to it, don't make that payment until they agree. Um, If they agree to it, then make your payment, get it in writing. And it sometimes it happens pretty quick. Other times it you know can take a couple of months for it to mm-hmm. actually happen. Um, but there is a lot of success rate with just doing that, with just calling, asking, asking for what you need, asking for what you want, and you might be surprised and get it. And that alone could jump your credit several points. That makes sense. I mean, the, like you said, the companies. They want to recoup their money. They want their money back. You want it off your credit. So working to get something. And it does sound as though kind of a squeaky wheel gets the grease situation. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to take the time. You have to make it a priority to call and have the conversation and and work to get it off. And don't take the first no for the final answer. If you get a no, just try it again. And the same sometimes works for late pays. Um, if you have good credit history and you just like, oops, I accidentally mm-hmm. forgot this bill this one time, it happens all the time. I'm looking at someone's credit report and I'm like, 
wow, like you probably had an 815 last month and then you just, oops, forgot to pay this one. And now we're at a 720, right? Um, which is still great, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you have history like that or even not history like that, just calling and asking, hey, get this, can we get this deleted? Because um, that's going to help you save money in multiple ways. It's going to lower the cost of your rate. All of the things that come into play with a higher credit score are definitely beneficial. I think that's a great point, actually. You know, you're thinking, ah, you know, it's, I got a bill and it was 30 bucks. I went to collections, whatever I'll pay it, it's gone. What that's costing you when you go to buy a house could be thousands because of the difference in rates. Mm -hmm. So negotiate before you pay your collections, before you pay those things negotiate with them. See if you can get them to agree to delete it if you make that payment. That's huge. That's a lot of a big step that a lot of people forget. That's a great one. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you are here and have any questions, uh, absolutely reach out to Sienna. She can certainly guide you. And like we just learned, she can take a soft credit pull, give you some tips and pointers and get you on your way to homeownership. Thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team of Keller Williams, Southern Arizona. If you are interested in buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, we have 5,000 agents across the country that we can connect you to. If you need any free resources, feel free to check out our website at www.thetjkteam.com. We hope you have a great day.